You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 141 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more. Mash Those Buttons has shows on all your favorite games, including Apex Legends, including World of Warcraft Classic. Tons of stuff out there. We always recommend you go and check out our sister shows. Lots of our favorite people on there. I'm your host, Ramses. Follow us on Twitter at PushPointPOD and follow us on on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore OW or at my co-host Twitter at Labosco. Labosco yourself. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. It's been um it's been a wild couple of weeks as far as the Overwatch League is concerned. Some things have gotten a little topsy turvy here. Like the meta's not anything super crazy, but some of the teams that have been like emerging out of this this most recent time are are, are things that I kind of wasn't expecting from a couple of them. So it's kind of fun to uh, it's going to be fun because, uh, you know, we, it's been a little bit actually since we we were able to record. So, yeah, one of those things were like we were going to do our week off and then I like <laughs> I had stuff come up that I had to go and take care of urgently. So then that pushed it off another week. And then just between that, I know you're we've been talking much how your work schedule is super different now. So it makes yeah. kind of like the lead up to shows a whole different process. But we're back in the chair at least for a little bit. You're not going to get rid of us quite yet. <laughs> um and uh I was going through the news to Bosco. By the way, I finally saw that the Overwatch League has like an official player tracker buried in the website. Really? They finally they do. do. I don't know oh when they made gosh. it, but if you if you look up like Overwatch League player tracker here, I'll I'll discord it to you right now and I'll put it in the um I'll put it in our show notes in case anybody else wants to see it. But it's real. Oh, I it's see. It's actually it. real. I see it. It's under the leak and tab. It, and it has like a it has um this Twitter is, links and everything. What took them so long to do this though is what I want to know. Christopher, I don't know. I don't know. You would think this is like a day one thing. It's that easy. Or, <laughs> or has it been here longer than we realize? Like, is this something? Well, okay, let's the oldest one. 10, oh, 13, oh. 21. So yeah, it's been, been there. So it's been there for about a year. A little well, less, little less than a year. Yeah, because the last the fir- the. The earliest move it shows is Dante re-signing to Houston. Yeah. And but then I, but I will say, like, yeah. no, I've never seen anybody use this though either. So it's not like we're the only ones who don't know that this is there. Oh yeah. yeah I agree. We, we are um, not alone. <laughs> um, so speaking of some player movement, we had a we have a bunch of stuff to actually go over as far as player moves. Uh, a lot of teams you're seeing are it seems like a lot of teams now are very visibly moving away from what could be seen as expensive rosters or are trying to cut down on what salaries they would like to keep on the books. You're seeing a lot of contenders talent. Um, a lot of players that might be have heavier contracts have been either officially as far as in like we all know about it or like have kind of quietly be put up quietly been put up on the block. Uh, we talked about like last show, like Piggy from Houston was a guy who, you know, they, they signed to a pretty good deal that it got is no longer on the team. I mean, there was a whole um, there was the whole story with Washington, I think being very public about the fact that they were going to be trying to move off some of their more expensive salaries. And you're seeing a lot of teams move first, a lot more contenders talent. Um, a lot of teams are kind of investing in what looks like more cost-effective talent or trading for much more cost-effective talent for future, for the future books. Uh, Paris, notwithstanding, I mean Paris is doing that, but Paris was trying to do that all year. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of these moves that I think are really interesting. There's a couple of these moves that are kind of that are are, are a little bit of a conundrum for me. Um, the main one being Houston and Seoul did a swap on flex supports. At the beginning of Summer Showdown, uh, Houston sent Iris to Soul Dynasty. Soul Dynasty sent over Creative. Uh, I'm really, I, I, the only way this makes sense to me is a budget kind of thing. I, I don't see the world in which Iris or Create, in which Creative, I guess, would that would have been that much bigger of a jump for a Houston. I don't even think it would have been a like actual jump. I feel like his Ana is definitely 
one of the better ones in the in the league, I would argue. But at the same time, Iris is one's is least capable and his like he's some I think he's a step above on a bunch of other heroes. Yeah, I I, I don't understand that move either, why they would do it. And and, and even like I don't know, even from a cost cutting perspective, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me either. There's gotta be other reasoning behind it, is my thought. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we don't really know, and it's not like people have come out and been like, oh, this is the reason why this has happened. So there well, there has been at least I have I've seen. seen I think I've seen I don't know if this is officially put forward, but I've seen um kind of a trend happening where I think you have teams who are less I think you're gonna see a lot more european or at least west for sure western contenders talent make their way into the league as you have i think what almost purely american teams except for london in the london in the west um simply just because i th- think a lot of teams now are getting you are coming around to the idea of if we're, well we're not going to pay all of this money where if we're going to be going down on if we're going to be limiting how much we want to spend a good chunk of that is if we just don't have to pay for visas and pay for the whole visa process of getting somebody over here from Korea. Um, that doesn't apply to the creative Iris thing. Yeah. Uh, but I can like, I think you're definitely seeing it with, uh, with, uh, with Paris. We'll talk about a little bit where they're moving to almost exclusively like Western and European players. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of teams move to more Western players just so that they can kind of cut those costs at this moment. We'll see. Cause I think, you're seeing the teams that are doing that are teams that are mid table or lower. Everybody who is kind of more of a contender team is still trying to go out there and get what looks like top level talent. Well, and I think for those teams that are at the bottom, like there's really no, what are the repercussions of signing a bunch of guys and getting rid of a bunch of guys? What are the repercussions? Yeah. There aren't any, if the there se- aren't any more. If, if you don't think you're going to win this season, then yeah. Because, because why you not just trust. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have because because if you're wondering, like, wh- what do you mean? Why is this happening? Well, maybe you forgot it for those of you who might not have been paying attention, not talking. I'm not saying Ramsey, this to Ramsey's. I'm saying you listening, right? Because um, <laughs> Ramsey's knows uh, the, the contracts that aren't guaranteed the same way they used to be, just like when the league started. And they haven't been that way mm-hmm. for probably about a year and a half or something like that or a year. I think it was last year when when we really first saw the the players lose a lot of power. Um, so this is, this is the results of that. They, I mean, you look at, look at like Valorant or something like that, right? Where they don't have the, the guaranteed contracts that Overwatch League had at the beginning too. Like you, you don't see, you see a lot of like roster tone turnover there as well by different teams and stuff. Like heck, one team even decided to have Shroud try and, uh, help them qualify in last chance qualifiers, which by the way, I thought Shroud probably played pretty well when he did that, especially cause he was only on smokes. So uh, I know this isn't a Valorant podcast of any kind, but I just wanted to throw that out there for those who thought that was like some sort of publicity stunt. I still think that's kind of dumb. Regardless, back to Overwatch, Ramses. Um, yeah, there, there's no there's no adverse effects to trying out a bunch of guys, seeing who sticks. You don't necessarily even need them all together unless you make a playoff run, right? So yeah, try out new guys and see what 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 you can get uh, as far as talent that that seems to be able to play with some of the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with this. I mean, just off of recent memory, it, neither Iris or creative are really playing right now. The meta just isn't in a spot where their specific hero pools wanted or needed, but it is, it's, I don't know. Like, and I, it was one of those things where like, you see, of course, like the people, tw- people's Twitter responses and people's social media responses and people talk about like, Oh man, I can't believe you fleeced Houston that hard. And like, Fleece might not be the word I used. It does seem like I, um, the benefits between the two way. of them. Yes, you're one. Somebody I think is benefiting a lot more. Yeah, I would I, help if I'm on the chopping. If I'm on the at the negotiation table, I want creative and some money for Iris. If that's what's going to happen, right? If you're Houston, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you want you you want you want Iris? Give me creative. Give us some money, and you got a deal for sure. That, speak, that had to be. I was going to say, speaking also of uh, money getting traded in deals, uh, we got notice earlier this month or in a little a little bit ago that Boston Uprising were trading for MAG, uh, formerly with the Washington Justice. Uh, MAG had had good spots on the Justice and showed a lot of promises, like one of the better Winston players, like one of the elite Winston players when he got to play that hero. Beyond that, not a ton of like, not a ton of like, 
elite level performances, which I know it's kind of unfair to put everybody to throw that out against everybody. But when you brought Mag in, Mag was somebody who we were expecting elite level performance from. But uh, that was also when there was two tanks. So like, oh no, this is talking about in previous years, not not yeah. so far, not this year. Um, this year it's been back and forth. There's been like honestly for moments of with Washington, we're on Junker Queen. He looked pretty good at least at the beginning of the stage, uh, and he's had decent spots throughout this season. But it was kind of well known that he was on one of the bigger contracts for that team. Uh, that when they had signed him originally, that he was on a pretty hefty deal. So Washington saying that they were going to deal a bunch of te- people for their teams. Mag was definitely the first person I think that came to mind for a lot of people. Him and Decay, and Decay's still on the team as of now. Well, no, the the trade deadline's passed, so he's still on the team. Um, but Mag has a new home with Boston. Uh, in most situations, you'd be like, "Cool, okay, this might work." Um, the social media tide has turned a lot against this deal because people really. Boston Uprising has Punk. And Punk is a player who consistently, after being put in a lot of not the most winnable, like in not very winnable positions with his rosters, um, has done super, has played well consistently every single season for Boston, no matter how well they personally do. Um, Lavasco, I don't know if you've seen, there's a really great infographic that <laughs> Punk and his dad will repost all the time. I don't know if you've seen Punk's dad on Twitter. It's really funny. No, I didn't um, know his dad was on Twitter. I love when parents dude. are involved on Twitter. Like, um, Dyrus, uh, Dadris, Dyrus's dad is on Twitter. Um, uh, it, I, you re- do you remember Mendo? Mendo mm-hmm. Kusai? Uh, Luddy uh, was also a, a player for Overwatch and, and, you know, another person who's a streamer and stuff. Their dad is on Twitter. I, there, there's a bunch of dads on Twitter that I kind of, don't necessarily follow all of them but but i do see their tweets and stuff so punk's dad literally will go on rants on here all the time like for one he he has a lot of actual like you he watches a ton he has a lot of takes on the game um it's very funny because he's he will out here and he'll quote t boston whenever they take matt put punk out and just like shit talk them the entire time be like why are you doing this like my kids wait, like you lose more and my kid is not playing the game. There's a great infographic that um, was from a couple weeks ago. That's been updated where punks Eesh. win rate punks. Win record is a 54% win rate uh, b- uprising when they don't have punk in, or I think it might even just be uprising in total is 37% win rate. Um, it's real. So punks dad is just super funny. It's a super fun follow heavily recommend. Um, that's but yeah, awesome. it, it, it was just kind of frustrating, I think, for people who like that guy because Punk has looked great, literally. And again, I think great for the amount of like crappiness that team it kind of can be sometimes. Punk has consistently looked really good or as good as possible in a lot of those situations. And to see like them pick up another tank and be like, oh, they're going to put this guy in front of Punk again, even though Punk always outplays these guys it was like the toby situation where it was like we get another main support that's going to be better than toby and then toby toby absorbs all of his power and then just continues to play it's the same thing with punk they they brought in mag mag played like a game or two they got blown out hella and then they've started bringing punk back in and punk like watching through the games this week punk's junker queen's really good yeah he's been pretty good on it and um he was good on it the other um like when it first started too, like the mm-hmm. when, when summer started at the beginning. So it's not a surprise that if they continue to play him on it, it he's going to play well. So I think I think Papa Punk might have, um, you know, has some footing that he's standing on with some of his thoughts and opinions here. And, you know, what's funny is like if you're a Boston fan, you know, it's the scapegoat for all of your problems forever was Huck, right? Yeah, you don't have that scapegoat anymore. Well, you don't have Lori anymore either because they got rid of Lori earlier in August as well. Yeah. So, which so like, I don't know who they're going to blame anymore because I don't even know who's like in charge of things. I mean, Lori, look, it's been a year and a half, right? Year and a half at this point. It wasn't working. Move on. Like, it's, if you, at this point, you're not, 
Boston's not contending for anything this year, you might as well just start getting stuff prepped for next year, like we were already saying. Um, so I don't know. Lori, it, it wasn't working. Um, Punk, uh, what's it called? Uh, Huck's gone. So Lori's gone too. So you know who's in charge of the team one more time, Lobosco? Who's that? One last ride, mineral head coach. One last ride. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I you know what? Boston is a team I have a weird soft spot for because of Punk and Crimson, where I want those guys to do well. But um man, what a I feel for Brock and our other friends who follow that team because it is, I imagine it has to be frustrating a significant amount of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at some more moves. Uh, Paris Eternal had a big kind of uh, had a lot of movement over the past couple weeks. Uh, earlier, they traded Khan to the London Spitfire, and again, like we're saying, people are moving either expensive contracts or like contracts for players that might be considered valuable and getting the money that they can now. Khan's somebody who's had a lot of interest from people for most of the year. Um, I was really up on him last year. He hasn't done as well this year, but he's a name that people have interest in. Uh, they traded him to London. Uh, helps kind of fill some of those flex support gaps that Admiral just can't quite. Oh no, it's Landon. Uh, Landon doesn't totally have in his arsenal. Uh, so it's good for him. In the meantime, they signed a bunch of people out of contenders, including Krawi, uh, Rack Attack, Luca Minow, and Malthiel. Uh, Rack Attack and Luca Minow, I have seen as names that have been around the scene for a very long time. Um, they have been in contenders for a super, super long time. And same, I think Malthiel as well. Crawley, I'm not as familiar with. Yeah, Crawley is Crawley's been around for a while though. So I'm surprised. Oh, I just haven't heard the name as much as personally. Um yeah, he's yeah. played with a lot of um what's it called? Um with a couple different North American teams, most recently Wisp, Jew, uh, Malice. Uh you got Rack Attack has been around a bunch as well. I think that was the one. And Rack Attack stuff is super sweet because you see his families in the YouTube chat like cheering him on during his games. Yeah. And Rack Attack most recently with Odyssey, Solaris, Altiora, uh, Wisp, and then or Luke and Minnow. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of Odyssey guys. And then, like we said, Crawley from Wisp. Um, so you also have, so pretty much you're bringing in these in. Crawley is coming in to take over your tank role or at least be a tank on your team. Yeah. Luke Minnow and Rack Attack are your new support line, and Malthiel is going to come in as your flex DPS. Yeah, so they've done... <laughs> at, at this point, try whatever, right? Yeah, why not? Crawley is a guy who's... You know, there, there's some people here who deserve opportunities anyways. Um, so it's, like, really nice. Some people who've been kind of on the grind for a little bit. Um, and I just hope that it works out for them. I mean, who knows what going to actually happen now i at this point it's just like whatever man did you see actually i don't remember who was talking about it it was in the overwatch stats thing it was the guy who just runs over like who's a twitter account who does overwatch stats um was talking about how where is it there's just like there's one account yeah owl statistical insights they did one. I'm trying to remember. He was trying, like, somebody was asking him about it. Like, who has the, um, it's not going to come up. It was who has the top, like, kills to deaths percentage, or I guess final blow percentage of the, pa- of the entire season. And that's actually Glister. Glick like, somehow. Glister being good at the game and getting blamed for things that aren't his fault. Man, that just makes me sad. Poor guy. Um, bro, I know it's, I will find it later. That's how it always goes. Um, so we got that, um, a couple more trades, Washington justice, like we were talking about moving more contracts, traded vigilante to the Atlanta rain, uh, comes in in that flex role. And then you had, uh, they, they also traded happy to the gladiators. So gladiators finally have, well, I say, I don't know, not even finally they have ons. So just having another guy to come in, which I mean, it doesn't hurt. No, I mean, I, You've you've said it before, Lobo, like when there is elite level talent that is out there and you have the availability and the opportunity to get elite level talent, it's probably in your best interest to go and get that elite level talent. And not only that, you create competition for ons, but not to mention maybe there's a couple of heroes that maybe Happy's a little bit better at in that hit scan role than ons. 
or you know you can have ons focus on only two heroes instead of trying to focus on seven or something you know what i mean like like there's there's so many benefits it's always good um every other sport things like this happen right where where you see somebody who you don't expect to be like available as talent uh and then a team can snatch them up uh i forget who the player was from the vikings and and i know i'm going to another sport or something else again and i'm going to beat sports but uh the vikings i forget one of their defensive linemen they ended up getting rid of because he was like really it was just because it was like not a scheme fit but he's a pretty good player bears picked him up off the waiver wire this past week so like stuff like that happens in other sports as well man it's like you know whenever i think about vikings linemen i just will always be bummed about the fact that he, that kansas city got rid of jared allen and sent him over there yeah but that was like past his prime that was like well past his prime you know well and there is there is discipline issues. well not even discipline issues there were other issues there too but just one of those things where afterwards you're like you look back and you're like how in the hell did we let that happen um so yeah so that's all the news as far as overwatch league stuff this week game is about a month away actually too which is a little which is fun to think about um Lubosco, I don't know about you. I feel like I, I have not been bombarded with the amount of advertising that I was hoping I would get for this game. I feel like maybe, maybe your experience is different than mine, but like social media everywhere. I'm getting nothing. I haven't been getting, you know what I've been getting? I've been getting Chicago has LCS tickets available. That's what I've been getting everywhere. (laughs) That that's the only one, and there's not a lot of tickets left. I think it's only the upper bowl really that's available too. Funny enough, um, like like the like 300 section area, you know. Um, I haven't been getting anything either, which is kind of a disappointment, I guess. I, I I know that they've been doing a good job as far as ticket sales and stuff, but you know, get hope to well, get like, a little bit more. So for the game, like for Overwatch two, it's a little like how are you? Do you are you just expecting everybody to know Blizzard, who has already done a horrible job marketing this and making sure people understand what this new game is and how it's going to be? You're just expecting people to know that the game is coming out at the beginning of October. Yeah, like I don't, I don't see how like a rant, uh, how like a all of a sudden marketing push in like a week or two before is going to fix this. There's no hype for the game. Nobody, ca- I mean, in in my circle of what I see on social media, nobody cares. So. Yeah. I don't know. We do not have um I I'm not expecting I'm not expecting any sort of incredible resurgence at least in this form for the game. We'll see. Yeah. Uh it's kind of I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe in a few more weeks we'll we'll see more. You know, maybe they'll really push in on the budget there. Maybe they're just waiting for closer to the time. We'll see. I hope so. Um let's look at this week's games. Um if you're a fan of 3 Overwatch or 3 1 Overwatch, this was a good week for you um pretty much all, all except for three games were pr- pretty well i'm sorry no one two nope three games um were pr- weren't super close as far as numbers go uh going through apac starting off on friday guangzhou charged 3-0 over chengdu shanghai 3-0 over valiant um Lobosco, correct me if i'm wrong here it feels like Chung do have just been pretty much nothing all season. They'll have like, like a good game here and a good game there, but it'll be like one here and one there and like nothing that's consistent or, or anything. And it's really disappointing because this is a team. I think that people had a lot of higher expectations on. Of course we do remember though, too, some of those talented players that we thought were going to be on the team. So mm-hmm. When you look at this too, Guangzhou beats them with a roster that's at least half made out of Chengdu players or former Chengdu players. Yeah, I mean, right. That's where J- that's where like most of them went, right? I, I totally yeah, forgot got, about that. You got Jimmy Farway um, and Xerneas, formerly known as Yangzhou Long. Like it's uh, and you uh, you put these two rosters like a B. You would think this is like a you would think this is a pretty strong Chengdu win, but it feels like just the air has been let out of the balloon completely. Yeah, it's unfortunate too because it's like. The the like after Shanghai, uh, um, after Shanghai, Seoul and um, Philly and even Philly's kind of on shaky ground. Like other than sort of Shanghai and, you know, Seoul. It feels like that region is super open. Yeah. Uh, well, opens a open is one way of describing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, bad is another word that people have used. 
I mean, because you look at this, like the standings are like, what, Shanghai, Seoul, Guangzhou has the next best record at four and two. Everybody else has a losing record, more than half of the division. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. This rec- this meta has not been kind to a lot of these teams. Well, uh, we, but we, even we really, aside from that, this season has not been kind to a lot of these teams. Yeah, there, there there's a lot of oddities, right? Um, I don't know, and, and like, there's teams. Okay, there's certain teams in this meta that I that are doing well in it that I expected to do well, and then there's a couple teams that I think I I, I don't know. Like, I guess Chengdu, you could kind of expect that they wouldn't do well because they don't really have the pieces for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. But there's a, you know, I, there's some other teams that I thought maybe would be doing a little bit better as well. And and one of those was the Valiant and they've come close, but they've never really they weren't able to win some of the games that they were so close. in. So it, it's kind of unfortunate for for the Valiant that they haven't put on a better show. Well, not just Valiant. There's plenty of uh, NA teams we'll talk about in a little bit, too. True. Um, speaking of which, uh, Glad's finally get. A, well, I'm sorry. Glad's get a second win on the board. Um, against the Atlanta Reign 3-0. Glads have not had a solid stage. Um, we talked about it going into Summer Showdown, that like we thought this would be a very good stage for them since of like with how good Reiners and how well Reiners been playing, this meta working super well for a lot of their players, and it just still isn't clicking. I wonder, um, I wonder if Junker Queen was the crux for their problem. You know? Pop, be- well, because- and you mm-hmm. you go? Oh no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you saw them take off. You don't have Reiner playing that hero anymore. You have Space playing it. Right. And I think it's more of a, you have, from the way I've heard it presented is that at this point, this, you were pretty sure this stage was going to be a wash for you. So it's probably about, and you don't have any lead time on what the next meta is going to be. So you'd rather have Reiner go in and practicing that and getting ready for that now, since he's going to be your day one, your everyday starter anyway. Because space is more than capable. It's not like you're putting in like a really subpar guy to go and cover that spot while Reiner's gone. Space is more than capable. But if you weren't sure how the stage was going to go, then it's, it's at least you can get space, get some reps and Reiner can start prepping for the next stage. I just don't get that, though, because like if, if space is your better player on Junker Queen. I don't think he was. I think Reiner's your better player. But the idea of being like. Or at least Reiner, maybe not even better player. Reiner is just Reiner is ideally who you want in there for every single rep. But, but if you want to get a beat on what the next meta is, it might just be. I'm not saying it's a decision I totally agree with, but I can see the logic in trying to set him yeah. up for reps for get trying to get him prepped for next set. I guess, but I but again, I also like maybe he just doesn't have the capability on that here. If that's the case, a super or super space is the better choice. Um, what's going on? You know, like why why are you like? I don't like the fact that they're sad. Like, there's a, there was a few things that you would would like to have seen them maybe prioritize a little bit more. Like, it it really sucks when your tournament doesn't have one of the best teams in the league in it, right? Uh, one of the mm-hmm. main storylines that you would think would have been one of the prevailing things would be you know San Francisco Shock and the LA Gra- Gladiators battling it out again, maybe for a championship. You know, stuff like that, right? Like things that matter to people who are watching, right? Like if you're a fan of the Gladiators, are, are you really okay with something like this happening? Probably not. Like most people aren't going to like see the bigger picture, right? Um, it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. It means it, it's almost like you don't care about these games. So then why should we care about it? Mm. Uh, New York Excelsior 3-1 over Paris Eternal. Uh, Dallas Fuel. So last week, or I think even was it last week or early? Yeah, last week, San Francisco Shock finally like either either met or broke the record for most consecutive wins uh, for an Overwatch League franchise, which over the course of a year and a half, it wasn't like it was all this year. Um, they tie. I think they met. They broke it at 17. So, the whole, of course, everyone's like, OK, now we're going to move the record forward. And they lose to Dallas 3-1. Dallas ha- plays really, really well in this game. Hanbin looks great on the Junker Queen. Sparkle gets like a Sparkle's Genji looks really good here too. And they're the, yeah, because the, remember like the beginning weeks or beginning week because I think what it, it had been a little bit since we'd done it, but I think we saw the beginning week. We didn't see we saw a little yeah. bit of Sparkle on there, but they were also kind of having what wasn't it Doha play a little bit of the Genji too. Now yeah, Doha came and played like one map. Yeah, 
but they, they like fully committed fully just to 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 sparkle um and you're seeing why you're you're seeing why he was one of the greatest genjis in the world last year um edison looks a lot a little, two years ago. edison has improved as well on the ash he looks better well it, it the ash is better than the than the sojourn right like they've been very mm-hmm. like they still do the sojourn and they're winning with it. Like they've gotten better with the sojourn as well, but they, they, they use the ash a lot more than like the other teams. So it's like, it's really cool to see sort of that. And it, it almost felt like in that, that game against San Francisco. I mean, we, I, we can talk about it. We didn't really get to talk about it before this because we were, we hadn't, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. we, everything's been kind of thrown off because of, of the couple weeks, but um, the, the, they, they sort of had, San Francisco ad- adopting the same thing they were doing on some of the maps as well, which they weren't like really doing in the beginning and they kind of had to match it and um, sort of this so, something we had seen before that teams had to do with Dallas. So th- this is a meta where they, they just seem to fit really well as far as the play styles and like Fielder has been playing so much better of a Brigitte than I think we've seen him do in recent memories. Well, I think that's one of the big uh, turning points too. Hmm. Next game, uh, Guangzhou charged 3-1 over Hangzhou Spark. Hangzhou have not had a good stage at all. You went from last stage where you had Shy uh, just doming people the entire time with a hit scan to right now it's just not coming together at all, really. It's tough, right? Yeah. You go from there. Um, but congrats to your boys. LA Valiant pick up a 3-2 win over Chengdu Hunters. Um, finally, <laughs> finally another win. <laughs> Dia's got two on the sheet. Finally, oh no, he had a, actually no, he has a ton. But Dia has two that he played in on the sheet. Finally, um, Seoul Dynasty three two over Philadelphia Fusion. Super close, super tight game. MN three like this was just back and forth between like Stalker having an incredible game on the Genji and then MN three having a great game on the Hit Scan. Uh, Fury has a bunch of pop-off moments with the Junker Queen, but it just comes down to it where like Soul is able to just kind of hang in there and like hang tough through that last final map. It's really um I don't know about you, but I find it kind of cool too that uh you have the the um you have one of the greatest players in the world playing Brigitta. Yeah, Prophet Brigitta. I was wondering Which about we've that seen before, because... I think, right? We've seen it before. Oh, he used to play it during goats. Yeah. But, well, he played it until uh, until eventually London was like, "Yes, yeah, screw this. We're just gonna put him on Zara. He's our best player. Whatever. We'll just put him there." Um, no, Prophets played Brig a bunch, and it was. I mean, you knew that uh, between the two of them, he was gonna play it over Iris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like you have, if you have Prophet and like, um, Fitz hit scan obviously makes sense, right? Like you're not like. Profit's great at everything, but like fits that's his specialization. And then like not that Profit has a bad Genji. Um he's still got a pretty good Genji, but but Stalker's some you know such a good Genji. So well, yeah. Stalker Stalker had like a game taking over performance for a bunch yeah. of times in that map. Florida Mayhem 3-0 over Paris Eternal. Houston Outlaws 3-0 over Washington Justice. Thank God. Uh Boston Uprising 3-2 over the Vancouver Titans. This one was also a really fun game. Uh Punk just has a bunch of moments on here. Punk has a great game. Seeker has a really good game on the hit scan. Um, I think it was, I I believe it was his first game actually being eligible to play. Um, And he has a really good game on both the Sojourn and the Ash. Um, You've seen too, I think since now that Lori's no longer there, I I wouldn't go so far as to say it's like a hundred percent intentional, but since Lori's gone, they've moved pretty much to having Crimzo, Seeker, Punk, having a lot more um, Western players in there instead of running the full Korean lineup. And there's been discussed. I think I don't remember who I saw talking about it, saying that like there was the idea that they were doing it just for comms um, and that that was the reason why. But you're seeing I think you're seeing it very proven very definitively Like your best shot for this team to win is with Punk and Crimzo in. Yeah, if they're the players who are best making it happen, why are you not playing like a mixed roster of some kind? So, uh, I don't see why you don't do it. I mean, it 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 stinks. It's so this is such a weird like tournament that we're going into because like 
You've got teams in. You did not have any expectation of them being alive at all. Um, in. In, in, in like the the wildest of ways, and I, you know, for some reason, I thought that that we we were done doing this, where it was like the the games you played let in, but yeah, we still do the cutoff and stuff with like um, it's not overall regular season record. Which I still kind of wish it was sometimes, but I also understand why it's not. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the games for Sunday, uh, Philadelphia Fusion three one over Hangzhou Spark, Shanghai Dragons three zero over Seoul Dynasty. London Spitfire 3-1 over Toronto Defiant. And Florida Mayhem 3-0 over New York Excelsior. So pretty solid. Looking actually at um where is it? Looking at the schedule for the summer showdown itself, Toronto managed to make it in. Congratulations. You get to go to the tournament you're playing in your city. And it's not a show match. Good for you. Um, third seed as well. Like tied for the third seed to do it too. Like not like they were, you know, they weren't like just making it in or something well because there was the beginning of the stage was a little rough for them so i know people were like oh no well like they're not gonna like they're never gonna make it they're to their not own gonna thing. make it um yeah so for your cutoff for the west you have dallas in first san francisco shock in second houston outlaws toronto defiant london spitfire vancouver titans in the third in the sixth spot with a three and three record and a plus two map differential um, Washington Justice and Florida Mayhem. Uh, Glads and Atlanta both cut out for this stage. This hurts. Th- those are two teams you want to see in, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's great that, like, Vancouver gets in and that, like, uh, you know, Washington somehow, even with all the craziness going on with them, somehow makes in. Um, you really still would rather see the Gladiators in Atlanta, I think. Um, it sucks that they've had such poor performances in this meta. Um, you you still expect for as talented as both of these rosters are, you expect a little more than this. Well, and if they if if Glads were just near the bottom of the standings, that'd be one thing. But the fact that they don't make it at all, and granted, they had a very strong performance for the first two stages, but it it does scare you a bit going into the final stage. Like to fall off. I mean, yes, you have problems with the meta. I understand that, but to fall off to not even making tournament and, is and, a little bit scary. And like you said, you don't know what the meta is going to be in the next stage. But like, what if this meta continues? You know, what if there's not any major changes before the release of the game? Uh, I mean, I think we're going into. They've said they are they are nerfing Junker Queen, which they kind of has to. been nerfed, right? Which, I mean, we don't know because we can't play the game right now, so. My bad. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. The, like, the thing that's interesting watching it, and you and I have talked about this, Junker Queen would just be so much more fun if, number one, you could get, like, if you could get a visual, a clear visual indicator of when you've hit somebody with your ult. Yeah, the way like, the ult work is just, it sucks. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, so Hawk is over here, and he's over there, or, like, I have to go and like I have to keep looking back at the health bars to be like, oh, did he hit him? I don't know. Um, that and then just as a personal thing, because I haven't played the hero yet, I get so confused on what her range is with like that axe slash. I forget too. Cause I see people go for it. I'm like, there's no way you're gonna hit that guy. And then I see people like oh, the, go for you're, it. Yeah, you're talking you said axe, it's a knife. It's not a knife. No, not the oh, knife, it's oh, the, the horizontal oh, like, the, axe the slash. Thing. Yeah, I, I always forget. Yeah, about like that. I don't understand what the range is for that because I see people go for it and I'm like, dude, that guy's like across point from you. Do you really think you're gonna hit him? Like, you must know something I don't because you're playing this game hours more than I am. But I'm just ugh. um APAC standings, you have Shanghai, number one, Soul Dynasty, number two, Wrongs are charge number three, Philadelphia Fusion, number four. The there was a great bad Pachamari tweet where it was like I, I where was it in here? We were talking about like being the gladiators, and, like you, like you finished two and four. You don't deserve to go to playoffs. That's ridiculous. What would ever make you think that? And it was Philadelphia Fusion skating into playoffs at a two four record. So sad that like the Valiant can win one more game, or or like two more games to just be a three and three, or or Chengdu. It's so weird though. Like Philly being Philly didn't look like they they were okay, but they weren't. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they looked really good in that game against Seoul. They were keeping pace most of the time, but like it wasn't like I was there for most of the stage. 
this is like the weird thing with like so many of these games, not just here too, though, like the NA side, I thought like things were kind of topsy turvy a little bit. Like I forget who thought the Titans beat first, but I remember when that happened, I was like, well, because I didn't get to watch it live, but I just remember reading the scoreline. I'm like, wait, what? Like, like, listen, them beating Paris Eternal, I understand them beating other teams. I don't understand. Was it was it like London or somebody? It was like somebody that I couldn't fathom losing to Vancouver. You know, mm. I can't remember. It was like it might have been the first week or, or like this uh, like week 17 or something or 16. I can't remember. But still, like I do like that we got some different blood in the tournament. And that's kind of nice. Um, but like I said, I'm I am utterly disappointed. <laughs> And uh, I, I, Ramsey sent me a, a tweet from Bad Patch Amari that I think is worth uh, making sure that we share too. Oh yeah, BP's always got. Uh, BP's always fun to watch. Um, yeah. Looking at the summer showdown brackets, winners round one we have Washington versus Dallas, London versus Toronto, Vancouver versus San Francisco, and then. I don't think this is like technically a rivalry, but like we they play each other so much that it might as well be Houston versus Florida. It's a rivalry for you. They it's like, real it's to just, me. It's real to me, damn it. Um, no, they always are playing each other, man. It feels like feels like Houston has to play Florida like every single tournament. That's our round one. It is kind of weird that 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 that's one of the matchups that kind of always happens. It's a little weird that they show Dallas below. On the like the the tournament bracket, don't you usually put the higher seed up at like the top as like the top team on like the yeah. sort of like the list there, but they have Washington above it, and it's like what the heck? Well, it's uh, weird too because you would well technically the number one seed it's for this whole bracket. The higher seed is on the bottom of both of all these matchups. Yeah, it's weird. I, that's that's kind of backwards to what it normally is. So that's that is uh, confusing me. I feel like the most intriguing intriguing first round matchup to me, Houston Florida. Um, just because, mm-hmm. you know, they always seem to be close. Um, and then Toronto, London. Because London did not look good sometimes, and then they looked pretty good at sometimes. Um, they do play things a little bit differently than some of the other teams as well. You know, they're not straight up playing the same comp that everybody's been playing, which, you know, the Sojourn, the the uh, Junker Queen, the Genji, the Brig Lucio. I think they've been playing a bit of... Um, they've played a little bit of May, right? May's been yeah. one of the, their adaptations so i'm curious to see how toronto handles something like that i think that's what makes london interesting um because they do play a little bit with some wrinkles but but also like dallas handled them no problem so like if that ends up being like a second round like if london gets by toronto um i feel like i feel like this is a very favorable side for dallas to get to the grand finals um well i think it's a very favorable side for san francisco to get there too i feel like I like I I have a hard time seeing an outcome in which we don't get San Francisco Dallas for the finals, at least for the West. They've also been the two teams that like have looked so good too. Like Dallas has looked so good in this meta. Um, they haven't. I mean, they 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 had the better map record too. Obviously, they beat San Francisco as well, but they had a, a better map record and stuff. Um, and San Francisco all year has been, you know. Sure, they haven't gotten to the finals every single time, but they got to the finals last um, last tournament. And yeah, they didn't win, but they still got there, still at least put up some sort of a fight. So I think I think it's if you're like betting money, it's a safe money to put it on Dallas and Vancouver or San Francisco, yeah. San Francisco. Was, oh, my God. I say, you know, don't, it, don't it put is, it on. I mean, if you put it, it on Vancouver, best money. Best money to put it on Vancouver if you feel like losing some. Yeah, I was um, gonna say if you wanna if you wanna if you're feeling like uh Riverboat Ronnie, you know, like go ahead, put your money on Vancouver. Well, it's a similar situation though for the for APAC bracket where like there's a scenario in which like a different team pulls off the upset, but I have a really hard time seeing a scenario where it's not Philadelphia. I'm sorry, no, where it's not Seoul, uh, Seoul and Shanghai playing. It- and, and, and Sh- Shanghai having a return to form, finally. I feel like we finally can say that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think this was the split where you can really, you really feel that, right? Um, I think the results kind of speak for itself for them. They didn't lose to anybody going in. So, and who are you? We, we've been talking about Genji's. We haven't had, we haven't talked about who are you yet. 
because that's part of the resurgence of what's happening with um, Shanghai is they, they fully committed to who are you for this split. And it paid off. So that's, he's that's looks cool really good. Yeah, he's it, it is. It's the career. It's the career resurgence he's always deserved. <laughs> it's still too early to call a resurgence yet. We need to see it like continue on. But um, at least it's uh, he's surging forward. And if they get a, a win off of this um, because of him, right, that would be really, really cool. It's funny to me how like if you and I, I talked about it like years, like four years ago, if you and I were like, yeah, who are you is going to be an, a grand finals champion with the Overwatch League? We'd be like, yeah, duh, of course. But if we told people like what the context of that would what that would have been for that, like, he would have been a grand finals champion. No, no, no. Um, we're not we're not saying a championship like he's the reason they win. He got one and was on the bench. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no, no. So there's that part, but then there's wait, well, wait, there's more. Then then later on, they win. Not not a not a main championship, but you know, one of the tournament championships because of his Genji. And they're and then they're like, Oh, okay. Well, that actually does kind of make a little bit of sense. The other part didn't, but that part kind of makes sense. Yeah. It <sighs> To go back and do it all again. <laughs> right. Alrighty. And the last bit of news for this week. A um, little bit of an update as far as ABK. Um, there is a new charge filed with the National Labor Relations Board that accused Activision Blizzard of illegal surveillance during the latest employee walkout, uh, which happened on the anniversary of the company's uh, sexual harassment lawsuit going public. Uh, so pretty much it was the idea being that when they were being illegally surveilled or that... Um, Workers were being illegally surveilled, and during their um, during their walk during their walkout, uh, there was also cut off access to chat channels where workers were discussing wages, hours, and working conditions, and threatened to shut down other internal channels of communications where workers discussed labor issues, um, allegations, coercive statements, coercive actions, coercive rules, concerted activities. Um, yeah, it's again more scumminess, more grossness. I don't think anybody is surprised at this point. No. And, and this wasn't like a, um, what do you call it? This wasn't like, th th there hasn't been any like crazy groundbreaking or, or more articles of any kind, like in recent time, like, you know, since our last update, um, th th there's been some women that have come forward, which I think we talked about when it originally happened like months ago. Um, mm. You know, there, there's been sort of a, not a retracing, but kind of a, Highlighting some of the recent information to come out in this past year has kind of been happening. Um, and, and, you know, the the unions are making their pushes and stuff. Right. So so those are some of the things that are happening. It, it, it's, um, you know, a lot of this is a waiting game now for some of this stuff. But but this this update is still something that's kind of significant and kind of, you know, just another another thing that like makes me a little sad that I decided because of Wrath of the Lich King that I was going to re up my subscription to World of Warcraft. Yep. But I did it. I did do it. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend I'm a saint. So. I mean, you know, I've talked about it has made it very difficult to want to follow or get invested in anything that the company does. Yeah, it, it really has. Honestly, if it wasn't because I enjoy the leveling experience of the, of the classic version of World of Warcraft and like I have so many good memories from when WoW Classic came out with playing with, uh, you know, Kilios and Wolf and stuff and, and a bunch of other people who are our friends like Dekora. You for a little bit when you were trying, um, which you should join me so, in Wrath of the Lich King and try. Oh, man. I am, Lobosco, I am not an MMO guy, I think is just what it is. Uh, having played two and having very different, no, having similar experiences that were not my favorite in both, I may just not be an MMO guy. I think you just also like always jumped on the bandwagon too late. So like some of the things like that are tough in those games, you were kind of just, um, I like being experience. super double sure. And then by the time I'm super double sure, everybody's already level 30. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to catch up. <laughs> but if you decided to, again, I would level a character at level one with you in Wrath of the Lich King and, you know, suffer through whatever ganks we would end up being because we'd be super low level doing it. I think I would do that with you if you decided you wanted to. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting the hand out there to, <laughs> to do that because I still I have a character that's like almost level 30, but like. That's okay. I can put that on the back burner. I'm not playing the game with anybody right now. So see, once we get to the riot MMO in like four or five years, then we'll try it. Okay. Well, the riot MMO. You, I'll try yeah, it. you have to try that one because the lore. First off, there, have you seen the videos about the lore and stuff for League of Legends? 
Uh, there's well, a guy, I've seen a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah, there's like a video t- of the guy kind of telling you like about like the continents and stuff. That that is such a good video and shows like why people should be excited about like exploring uh, Runeterra. It's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be really really cool. They've got a cool. It's sort of like honestly, World of Warcraft is the same way. Like Warcraft has some great lore too, and like I love games where like you feel like you're in a large world. World of Warcraft is definitely that. So. Well, on that note, we're going to be rounding up and finishing up episode 141 of Push the Point. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you being here. As always, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify um, or join us on our podcast network Discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons. There is another link. I know there is, Jaw. I know it's in there. I forgot it years ago. Um, But I know there is somewhere there's a different link. Um. There's also a network Patreon that is a little bit more show specific. I know we don't currently have anything on there. If I remember correctly, it's still a little, it's more show specific. Yeah, it's show specific now. But but like, you know, maybe there will be a show that features Ramses and I and eventually that uh, may eventually stuff is be in the there. forge stuff is we're we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in contributing to the network at all, patreon.com slash mash those buttons. If you want to follow us on show Twitter, we are at push point pod. Um, or if you want to send us an email with your thoughts on why uh, Punk continues to get robbed on Junker Queen, you can send it to us at pushthepoint at gmail.com. And if you want to contact us on Twitter, you can hit up my boy at Bobosco or myself at Ramses underscore OW. And I think you covered everything, didn't you? I think that's about it. Any yeah. final thoughts before we go into Summer Showdown, the tournament? No, I'm actually thinking more about World of Warcraft now because we were talking about it at the end. So. <laughs> Uh, give uh, some love to one of the the biggest gaming podcasts out there, especially when it comes to Warcraft Classic. To our uh, our boy Blazing Bob, praise be Bob. We haven't praise said that. Me. We haven't said that in a while. But go over and uh, watch Warcraft Reloaded. So or listen to it, I should say. It'll, they're good people, those guys. They are. Have a good one. Take care of yourself, and we will see you for uh, our recap of Summer Showdown soon. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 